Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Soundworks Collection interview series. This is Michael Coleman, and this week I spoke with composer Brian Lee Brown about his recent collaboration on HBO's show, Sonic Highways. Sonic Highways, which is directed by Dave Grohl, is an eight-episode, eight-city look at the recording of the Foo Fighters' eighth album. The series taps into the music heritage and cultural fabric of eight cities, Chicago, Austin, Nashville, Los Angeles, Seattle, New Orleans, Washington, D.C., and New York. Writing music for this documentary was very personal for Brown, who is a longtime friend of director Dave Grohl and included interviews and real-life events from many of his close friends. I hope you enjoy. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me just about your work. I, it was funny because the timing of this was perfect. I, I had just finished up watching uh, the first season of Sonic Highways, and I literally went online and I was looking for the music for the soundtrack, and I realized there is no soundtrack. It's it's basically, you know, like the Foo Fighters album. But then I think maybe a few weeks later, you know, I got this email from uh, your publicist and said, hey, would you like to talk with with Brian, I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. I've been, I've been looking for this guy for weeks. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, give me a little bit of background just about um, where are you from originally? I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, in the desert. I have a, I have a, a broken heart over not being in the desert, uh-huh. but um, I, love, I love the Sonoran Desert. Hopefully I'll be able to go back there at some point. But yeah, I grew up and was raised in Phoenix. And then uh, I did a... A year at a Northern Arizona University on a music scholarship, and then kind of had this um, this moment in the student union when I looked at the LA Times and saw a, a friend of mine that was on the cover of the calendar section yeah. uh, in LA, and it was like they're the next big thing. And it was at that point I was like, I need to like bust out of college and just make a break and move to the city. And then I moved to LA in '90, and then just kind of started playing in bands and touring and it just kind of went from there what were the types of uh um genres like what type of music were you guys with the bands playing uh at that point it was all like rock and roll bands but again because i'd like grown up like um playing jazz mm, okay um i was really i think a lot of people uh young people you when you go through uh, like a, a public education or something like that at least i had major conflict with am i gonna you know, am I going to play jazz or am I going to play rock and roll? Because all your friends and your whole social network is dialed into whether it's hip hop or whatever you're listening to. Um, you know, and I was really like in high school, really got into like all the electronic Miles Davis stuff. I had a couple oh, nice. educators that were like, uh, I remember I came into this big band rehearsal and this guy, uh, Grant Wolf, I had this really psychedelic shirt on and he was like, that's a trippy shirt, man. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, you should listen to this record. And it was Bitches Brew. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I didn't know any different. And then yeah. from from there, that just kind of like, it blew my mind. Because the only thing I'd heard that was anything kind of on that same thing was Hendrix. Um, and that's where it started. But when I got out to LA, it just, it was really just primarily rock and roll bands. But, um, how long, you know, having yeah. that, go ahead. Uh, I mean, how long was that going on for? How long were you just playing in bands? Did you, were you working other gigs at the time also? Oh, dude, I had day jobs all over the place. But, you know, when I first came out, I was like, oh, I'm just going to, like, audition and get in a band. Um, And then once I got out here, actually within, like, the first 
year, um, it's like early 90s, it's kind of like there was a lot of change happening um, musically. And I'm glad that I, I moved out here. Um, and I'd, I'd met Dave Grohl through, uh, through his old band, through Scream, through Pete and Franz. And um, so just being like a young kid and being around when all that kind of, when all that stuff kind of went, went down, it, it kind of changed my, my perspective a little bit. And then I wanted to start my own band which I did with my brother. And then uh, I think the only gig that I really took, I would do session gigs here and there, but the only gig that I did that was substantial of anybody was Dick Dale. Okay. Um, like right, right around the Pulp Fiction stuff started to happen. I went to Europe with him a couple times. Oh, fun. Um, I still, he just recorded on this new Dark Brown record, but um, that was like the only time that I kind of let my guard down because it was just, it kind of happened so <laughs> organically that I was like, I have to do this, you know, like I have to go yeah. tour, tour with him. Um, and then, you know, through just being in, in my own band and recording, that's when it kind of became apparent to me that I needed to start start up doing, um, I just, I love the recording process. So I, I guess, did you start building a home studio? What, what was kind of your, the segue into that for you? Well, it kind of went like this. It was like, um, the band that I was in, we were just kind of always doing our own thing. And when you're in LA, there's, you just kind of have access. There was always, seemed like every, Six months to a year, we were being courted by another label and um, being given, you know, demo deals and whatnot. But we would always just kind of like DIY, just do it ourselves, kind of thing. And uh, and through that, um, just kind of again, like had like a, I worked at the school, Pasadena Art Center College of Design, and I was a projectionist. And so I would just be like in the booth, watching films all day, listening to like critical analysis, watching student films, watching people being torn apart, you know, like what, you know, really just like, not really shit, watching some kid being like, yeah, my 15 minute film's great. And then just watching his, <laughs> his classmates just tear him apart. So it really made me think about how film worked and, and actually my own process and like, what am I doing and what's the point of it? I mean, you yeah. can, so during that time, I was also studying a bunch of digital recording there. They had um, I started in Cubase and then went to Logic and then went to Pro Tools and then went back to Logic and now I'm in Pro Tools. Um, but it was just, again, it was just kind of, it's kind of cool how it all worked out. So yeah, just had like some, some home studios and that's basically still how I work now. I have access to some, some bigger studios, but I don't really feel like I, I really need that. Yeah. Um, if I do, you know, you just call in a favor, you go book time somewhere and, and knock it out. I mean, there's something about your tracks that do not sound at all like something that is going to be placed in, you know, a music library, these like, you know, these kind of pools of places that people go to sell their music. It, I, I think it maybe is because of how you're approaching to record stuff. I mean, where are you taking your drums, first of all, because it just sounds like the, the, the sounds that you're able to capture from some of those drum tracks sound really great. Well, it's funny that actually, like, you know, in composing, it's you're really there to serve the client. It's customer service based. You know, you're just you're there to help tell the story. It's not really about, you know, it's not like when you're in a rock and roll band and your 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 covers your your face is on the cover right. of of the record. It's totally opposite approach. Um, with that being said, like, the one the one piece of music that uh, that myself and and Paul Figueroa, I work with him a lot. He's a music editor. He's Grammy nominated engineer. He's a, I write with him, compose with him. Um, there was this one scene in the DC episode for Sonic Highways where Ian McKay was talking about skateboarding and the editor had placed in, for Temp Music had placed in um, a John Bottom thing, like a Zeppelin thing. Mm. It was just drums. And immediately like, 
that that all that <laughs> customer service, like all that, like went right out the door. Like my ego was just like, I'm gonna nail this fucker. <laughs> like I'm yeah. gonna. Because um, um, drums are my first instrument. And I was like, it was kind of like, I want to show everybody I can do that. And Paul's treatment on it was great. So I just like broke out the Vista light. We set it up. Like where we're setting it up, I just put in like Zeppelin and Madison Square Garden, like 73. And just kind of like, I'd never really tried to like play those beats. Yeah. I mean, you do because you kind of grow up on it. But um, it was like a really cool combination of like when like you're... Let's let's see if we can do this, and it, it was in within like an hour. Um, I, I kept like calling the producer and being like, "Hey, are we cool with that?" Because you know, some, you, sometimes you want to knock things out. You, if you need to do revisions, especially if you're doing a lot of drums, you want to leave it set up yeah. in case somebody wants to do something. But um, <laughs> I was like, it was so weird because that was like a 10 second cue or something yeah. like that. But out of all of them, I was like, "Yes." we got that that was so awesome like it was bizarre i'm like okay you need to like just calm down right now no, that was a cool i mean it caught my attention i was like i was listening to all the all the cues and all the tracks that you've worked on there and and there were a few that was just like holy shit what's like this that's all yeah, yeah that's all paul figueroa like we we work i once once i'm up and running you know i just have the keyboard there and i'll just go through and blast things out yeah. by myself but he's you know he's like it, it works really great when you have a relationship like that with an engineer, mixer, you know, another writer, somebody like that. Yeah. So I mean, even coming into a project like Sonic Highways for you, what, what were you, what did you know about the series, and just what, what was kind of your excitement level for trying to take on a project like this? Uh, well, it was like I think it was maybe a New Year's party or something like that. Um, David told me about like what he was going to do, and I was like, man, that sounds awesome. That's super cool. But you know, like anything in work. Um, you know, it's, it, I was just like, I, I want to be involved in it, but you can't really, it's a, it's a, Dave like loves to work with his friends. With that being said, it's not like, you're just not going to assume that like, oh, I'm going to get involved with this, whatever. So I just, it was, it was weird. Like I kind of, when he told me about that, I was like, man, I'd really like to be involved with that. If it happens, it would be cool. If not, you know, whatever I'd like, I'd love to watch it just as a fan. But, um, I started to like. I got a list of all the cities that they were going to be in because they did interviews and really just started kind of like writing music based around what the musical roots were. Almost just like doing pre-production on my own, just like, which is, you know, maybe smart or maybe it's like, I don't know what, what it was, but I just kind of started writing, you know, and, um, you know, for different cities, you know, I'm like, okay, in Chicago, they're going to be talking about like early punk stuff, yep. same with LA or DC, you know, I'm going to blast out a bunch of like early 80s like kind of black flag <laughs> yeah d discharge kind of yeah. like i know i, I kind of know what dave listened to so i was like i'm just gonna like do a little pre-production work here and just have it there in case they need to pull stuff like that you know just like intuitively like going down that road and then uh i don't know a couple months into shooting um one of the producer producers jim rota who's a, he's another uh, longtime friend we know each other through playing in rock and roll bands um I was actually, I, I was in Silver Lake. I'd gone to the, the chiropractor or the acupuncturist because I, I just tweaked my back. And uh, he's like, hey, I'm down the street. We're doing an interview with David. Yeah, so I went down to meet him for coffee. And Mark Monroe, the show's writer, was there too, writing at the same time. And I had met Mark a few times, I think, here or there. But he was just in there writing, trying to like knock out some episodes. And then we were just kind of shooting the shit, the three of us. And... Um, then Mark was like, hey, we should, you know, why don't you just like give some of the editors some of your tracks and see how it works against picture. 
Um, so I was like, okay, so a couple weeks later, sent some files and then um, it was just one of those things that just, it really happened um, organically. Like the, the editors really latched on to, to the tracks and then kind of went from there and then came in and started meeting with them and figuring out what was happening with the story and what they needed. Um, so it was really kind of cool how it happened, even though it was like all in the family kind of thing. Right. It just, it worked. You know, at the end of the day, it's like if your music doesn't work for the show, it's just not going to work. It doesn't matter what kind of relationship you have with a, a director or a writer or a producer or whatever. It's just, you know, but it, it's cool how it all worked out. That's awesome. I mean, it seems that, you know, these situations, these opportunities, it, it helps to know somebody, obviously, but like, you're right. Of course, you, you, of course. You know. you know, like, again, like, but again, if I would have given them the tracks and it didn't work, it, it, it just, it's like, sorry, man, it just didn't work out, you yeah. know? But uh, it, it was, I was really happy, like, the way it came together, it's like, it was just, it was just kind of like it was meant to be, you know? And I actually did end up using some of those tracks that I'd done months before that, mm. not even knowing where they were going to turn up, you know? I had to tweak them, you know, and get them in there and start editing the picture and, like, make it work, but... Um, it kind of saved me some time. At the end of the day, like when you look back on the series and and how, I guess how your music kind of it's a very seamless basically is it, from going from your the backgrounds that and music tracks that you're producing to the kind of moments that they have throughout. Uh, it just you know if if I didn't if you know there wasn't like IMDb and there was no way to know who did it, I would have just guessed that it was like Foo Fighters and and I mean I think the tracks that you're building. I'm not saying they sound like Foo Fighters, but it's just, I think it's the same kind of energy and excitement that I think they kind of got across on on, on um, screen. I mean, did you feel like you needed to match that or was there a contrast that you're trying to build in? I don't, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. Like, um, you know, I think one, I have a similar musical background as a lot of those guys. Yeah. You know, everyone's is a little bit different. You come from a different thing, but, um, you know, I think I, a lot of, a lot of my stuff, it's either going to start on a piano or it's going to start on a guitar or it's going to start on bass. You know, I don't really... Yeah. And then the other instrumentation happens after that. You know, like, couple, you know, if you, you're going to incorporate strings and stuff like that, you know, and I'm sure I've never talked to Dave about his writing process, but I would imagine that, you know, 95% of his stuff starts on a guitar. Um, and again, if you just sit with the with the footage and kind of know what the story is that's happening. Um, I don't know. I mean, I was really happy with the way it turned out. I, I'm sorry. I don't have a better answer for, no, it for you, but, um, it, yeah, it just was like, it was cool. You know, it was definitely cool. I mean, there was, there's, there's certain scenes too, where like on a, on a, an emotional level, it was, for me, it was, it was really cool. Cause it was the first time I'd ever worked on a production with, I personally knew some of the subjects that were in the DC episode. There's a lot of people that I knew personally in the LA episode. There's people that I knew personally in the Seattle episode. So it was, it was a really, it was a, there was, you know, sometimes when you're doing a job, you're just knocking them out, knocking them out, knocking them out. And then there was definitely some times at night when I'd finished and it was like, that was, you know, that was super cool, you know, or I'd actually become a little bit emotional because you're talking about somebody that you knew or you're friendly with, you know, and, and, and listening to, you know, something really terrible that happened. Production-wise, I mean, when you you know when you got the green light from these guys and they say, "All right, go," how do you work backwards and say, "All right, this is what I'm going to need to build what I want to build"? Is it really you in a room, or uh, I mean, how much, how many other places did you go to besides your own home studio to start thinking about these tracks? Uh, I worked out of one, two, 
three three different studios. I wor worked out of my home studio. Then another friend of mine has a studio, Chris Wagner. He has a, uh, a group called Matter. They're, they have their own, like, they're amazing. Um, they're like Emmy, Emmy Award winning <laughs> composers. But again, it, that just goes back to like my, like this pool of friends, you know? It's just like, they might have certain things. That, you know, Wyke has like really bitching compressors and mics and stuff like at his place. And it's just right around the corner. So um, it was like a combination of, you know, you capturing the sounds, and really, it was like each episode was like its own task. You know, it's like, okay, what do we need from this? I'm gonna, um, you know, I'm gonna need. You just write everything down. I need this, this, and that. And it's changing all the time because the story, the edit, and stuff. But um, I'd say like I would be able to figure. I would say at least 75% of that out by sitting down and and watching the episode with the editors. Okay. Each one, because there was a different editor for for each city. Some a couple editors did two cities, but so you'd sit down and figure out where the story was going particularly like for like nashville and austin and stuff you're like okay i already know you know i'm gonna need a national guitar i'm gonna need a dobro i'm gonna need that there's just certain things that are in there and with my sound particularly like the treatment lots of times is, is the same way even if there's like if i'm using like strings i'm still gonna put like a little bit of dis distortion on it yeah. with something you know so it's the same thing if it's like if it's if it's it's gonna always kind of sound like my my weird dark brown kind of like I don't know what it is, but I just worked out of three studios. There was a couple times when I thought we might need to like go somewhere bigger, but um, you know it's just again now again you just call somebody you're like hey I need live strings on this, um, call a guy discuss it go over it send him the piece of music, you know you go back you don't even need to you don't need to overthink it yeah. lots of times you know how would you describe just uh, I guess your own personal pressure of working on a project like this versus maybe one of your own albums or you know one of your other series that you work on. Was there a different emphasis on, I guess you know what your contribution was going to be? Um, I definitely wanted to like. You definitely you always want to hit a home run. Right. To me, it's like I don't I don't really if the if the show's on MTV or HBO or whatever, but I think particularly because of the um, magnitude of a lot of the people that were being interviewed, you know, like when you're, when you're composing score for a Dolly Parton interview, who I think is like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, she's an American legend. She's a let, you know, yeah. or, or president Obama or, you know, it's like, there's definitely, there was a degree of like, I have to get this right. You know, I need to, um, to not, <laughs> I can't, I can't screw this one up. Um, but, I mean, I was stoked from from day one. It's just like I'm just happy to be here. When you're working with that many people um, on that on that magnitude, that level of of, of just greatness, um, I took it totally serious. And then I, you know, that you can't do everything yourself, you know. So if you're working on an episode and you have to finish like 30 cues, you know, I also had a, another group, a crew of people that worked underneath me, you know. So you'd write it down and be like okay, I'm going to do these 15, these three, I'm going to start these and give them, you know, to these guys and these couple are going to be over here, you know, and then going back. So you're kind of like checking in on everybody and doing that and then going back and do it. It was a, it was a lot of work, definitely, for sure. I mean, what else have you guys worked on together? I saw that like you've, you've you know, you've played a show with them in the past and like you've had... Some... I've never really, him and I, I you know, the, the that band that I was in, I toured, I've toured um, with the Foo Fighters opening for them in different bands, yeah. um, but him and I have never like musically worked on anything, but I've been around him a lot and I've been on 
video sets with him and recording studios and um he's it's it's weird like when this show came about i was like whose idea was that you know and it's like it was his idea yeah. it's like i mean he's been fortunate enough too to have a great management team that's that's been with him from the start um to help him yeah. like flesh out his ideas but he's he's one of those weird dudes it's just always he's got some like idea that's like wow that's actually a good idea you know if you can pull it off and he does pull it off yeah i think it says a lot just about the the trust and obviously the confidence that he probably has in you just from the sake of he's a musician he knows he's very familiar with you know the role that music can play and i would just assume that either that could be a big nightmare or that could be like you're saying a, a good collaboration opportunity yeah definitely i mean there's there's times when you get pulled on gigs where you know it's maybe not your forte and yeah. you're gonna have to like rely on other people you know like as i always say like no job is too big or too small you know if it's if it's a smaller budget and you really don't have the time, you like take it and you work with one of your homies on it. Right. If it's a bigger thing that's just like way too big for you to do, then you you pull some other people in and figure out how to do it. You know, it's not. I don't want to undermine the composing process, but it's it. It's just music at the end of the day. You know, it's just <laughs> right. it's just, it's the same group of notes that everyone works with, and it's really just about again, it's about storytelling. And and again, that's not to say that I don't want it to like give you the impression that I think that I can do any kind of, I have other friends that do, you know, music for video games and where the production is, it's like, it, it, there's a huge learning curve that comes with that. You know, those people spend years and years and years of time learning how to, to, to get up to speed with that kind of stuff. But with that being said, it's like, if you just apply yourself and you have your own, I think, original ideas and you, and you are somebody that works well with other people and you can kind of leave your ego at the door that you'll, you'll you know, you'll figure it out. Just what have you enjoyed just about having the opportunities over the years here? I'm just looking at you know your the past projects that you worked on and a lot of TV series and I, I think you definitely it's funny like it's it's, it's actually when the, the credit they give you is this composer stock music and it's like well what is stock music like yeah it's weird yeah it's it's um again like the the dark brown stuff is like really you know it's for like it's just it's really introspective kind of. Um, it's really fortunate, like you said, I can make a lot of that music and 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 just be at home while I'm doing it. So I could work for like, honestly, a perfect day for me is to wake right. up. If I could go to the beach, I would go to the beach and um, and hang out for a little bit. But, um, you know, exercise and, and record music for a couple <laughs> hours and then go out and garden for like 15 minutes and kind of clear, clear my head, hang out with the dog, come back in and listen to music. Um, but, uh, you know, I will say the only thing about the composing thing is you, you really start to, um, for people that come from a live music yeah. background, you, you sort of miss that thing. It's like a party. It's a part of you that dries up. And if you don't use it on a regular basis, yeah, well, what have you found just, just for you? Like, do, do you enjoy now more so seeing live shows or seeing films? Like what, or listening to music? What's your balance for kind of finding inspiration or, or kind of keeping, you know, you know, it's weird. It's like, I've never been like a big, um, musicologist kind of guy. Like there's, I like, I the things that like got me into music are still kind of there. I, I, um, you know, when I see a film like under the skin, you know, like oh, yeah, I, sure. I just like that, that was like that, that was probably like the one film in the last five years that totally freaked me out. I love the film. I watched it three times. The score was just like insane. I went to the, a live performance of it here in LA. Like that's probably about as stoked as I've been on live music. And to be honest, like, 
I, I thought I'm just like that was one of those things where it's like what the fuck am I doing you know this mm. person's doing this like what's wrong with me this person is just like this group of people nailed this whole thing like from start to finish you know it it was good I was like I need to I need to try to like um <laughs> I need to try for greatness you know every day wake up and try to figure it out because sometimes you just become like you don't ever want to be that guy that just phones it in but uh, like for me for inspiration really man it's just I'm like a news junkie. I read a lot. I get on, I wake up in the morning, you know, I, I, I have my like, my bookmark <laughs> news things and I, yeah. and I read and, uh, and if I'm stuck for ideas, I just go to Wikipedia and just start reading about shit oh, nice. and then just kind of, kind of go from there. But again, like if I go see live music, man, I'm not going to lie. The, the bands that like, that where I come home just totally stoked would be Black Sabbath, you know, <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Yeah. Like. I went, I actually went with, with Dave and Jim Rhoda to see Black Sabbath like a year ago. And again, like I walked away from there. I'm like, I felt like somebody was like, oh, that wasn't a very good show. I've seen better. And I was like, it's like going to the beach, man. It's like, even if it's cloudy, it's still Black Sabbath. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, sure. still, it's yeah. like, I don't care if it's sunny or overcast. It's like, I watched Black Sabbath today. You know, that was like, that blew my mind. What, what did you feel? I mean, for you, just you know, now that you've established yourself, you have a you know a good handful of projects under your belt. People understand that you can do what probably they're going to need. What, what are you excited about? Or what do you kind of what direction are you headed now with in terms of the work? Are you working on a new album for your? I am working on this record called American Instrument. It's a dark brown record. It's like um, most of the dark brown records I have. Um, I'll have guests. I never have guests that are drummers because I'm a drummer, so I usually just knock it out myself. But there's not a lot of drums don't haven't really played that important of a role as far as an instrument goes on all those records because um, I feel like it gets in the way lots of times. I mean, the um, first record I ever listened to that, that spoke to me as drums and as an instrument was I found my, in my dad's record collection. I found this Max Roach record, Drums Unlimited, yeah. and. It was during a monsoon, it was in Phoenix, I was growing up, my parents were out of town, and I found that record and it just kind of, it blew my mind. It was just like, wow, that the, the drum set can actually be used musically like any other instrument. Um, and so I kind of, that's always been in the background of my mind and the drum set being an American instrument with the invention of the hi-hat and the, and the kick pedal, um, I sort of wanted to pay homage to that. So this new record that it, it's it's been on and off for like five years. Like, you know, you get a job, so you put it down. And you get a job and you put it down. But in the last six months, I was like, okay, I need to knock this thing out. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, I'm, I'm hoping Dave can, can find time and to schedule a plan it because it's it's all the guest drummers are, are friends of mine that I've had relationships for 20 years who's drumming I've loved. So it's kind of, it's a personal record on a lot of levels, but it's got John Stanier from Battles, um, Theodore, Queens of the Stone Age, Mars Volta, One Day as a Lion. Nice. Jose Manelas from 1939, Breeders. Um, there's just Gene Troutman. There's like so many people that have played on it. Yeah. And it's like, it's all starting to come together. But I want it to be, again, it's going to be in a soundtrack score vein. So it's not just going to be like one big drum solo. Mm. Like, wow, that guy's got killer. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. chop. it's not going to be like a Chops record, but it's... Um, I'm really excited about that. I'm trying to finish that by the fall because with, you know, with work, with whether it's Sonic Highways or any other production, you have deadlines 
that producers give you where your delivery needs to be by 10 a.m. at this day, you know, and right. with your own stuff, you could just with, I mean, <laughs> you just go forever. You're right. just like in, in, it's like, what, you know, come on, what are we doing here, man? Uh, like, I, I, I definitely know that feeling. I mean, even just producing a video series for Soundworks collection, I think I sat on it. It's probably been over six months and like I just released the first one on Monday and it's, 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 it's funny. Like when you, when it's your own project, like your brain shifts, there really is a different no, perspective. It's, it's totally weird. And that's the other thing from like composing when I really, when I really started to get into it, you just, I mean, you're just, I think like when I was in rock and roll bands and doing, if I, if I had just approached it and just do it and not be so precious about everything, just the amount of content that you'd be producing would be so much more. <laughs> yeah. So when this does come out, where should people look to um, hear it? Well, for now, you know, again, like um, being a guy that's like DIY, not like because I've ever wanted to, but it's just always been like, you know, people have, I've been fortunate enough that people have wanted to um, work with me or hear my music, but I've never really had that thing where somebody's like came in and said, here, I'm going to sign you and we're going to do this yeah. and it's all going to be taken care of. I'm always just like, um, well, I guess I'm going to do it myself because nobody's mm -hmm. here. Like nobody's asking me to do it. And my brother um, is the same way. He has his own label, Memory Bulldozer, where it's basically, you know, it's like, here's our records. We put them out. Um, so it'll probably be on his label, I'm sure. Oh, nice. um, unless something else happens. And again, you know, it's cool. It's all in the family. He's like, uh, he plays on a lot of the dark brown stuff. He's a great visual artist. He's an amazing bass player. Um, so it's cool that we just have it. And again, with the, like the way the industry's gone, that um, makes it really simple. You know, like a lot of a lot of the work that I do, um, I'm like I'm the guy. You know, yeah. like after I finish my revisions and it comes time for the paperwork, you know, it just it comes right back to me. It doesn't go to a manager or an agent or something like that. <laughs> It's like, it just comes straight back to me. And again, that's not like, I'm not stoked on that. Like whenever I get like a contract, I'm like, oh God. I gotta, right, right, you know, right. Like, it's just like, I'm not like stoked on it. But, yeah. you know, that's where I'm at. It's, it could be far worse places to be, you know? Yeah. It's like, I could have not have clean water to drink. That is you know? true, yeah. So. I mean, the, uh, what, what can you say about the Sonic Highways material? Is that going to be released ever or is that just... That is going to be released. That's coming out. I just... Um, trying to work that out right now okay. um that's probably going to come out in about a month oh, again probably great. on my brother's on my brother's label and i'm just trying to um figure out the sequencing the way it's going to work you know i didn't know if i was going to um pull from some of the um the other stuff that from some of the cities mm -hmm. if i was going to have it be more reflective of, of the tone from each of the cities or if i was just going to kind of stick to the score on my own thing which is probably what's going to happen yeah. um i don't really feel like any of those stories need any and those cities need any help, you know? Right. It's like, Nashville is Nashville. So what, what am I gonna do to like, nobody needs to listen to my, <laughs> what, you know, my cue about Nashville. It's like, I'm just gonna focus on my own sound. So that, hopefully, that should probably be out in about a month, I think. Yeah. Which I'm really happy. Again, it's like, I think as an artist, you really just want your music to be heard. Yeah. Um, so lots of times when it's just sitting there on a hard drive, um, you know, I just stoked that people are going to listen to it. I've loved it. I mean, I I put it on my phone. I was you know the past week listening to it, leading up to talking with you today. But I feel like it's it was really refreshing actually because listening to a lot of that's I mean just composers that are you know re relying on an orchestra or more string instruments. 
there's a certain sound and, and texture that comes out of that always. Uh, that's cool. I really appreciate it. You know, like the one thing that I will say as far as like going back to like not knowing whether I wanted to play um, jazz or rock and roll or just being punk bands and stuff, it's like I really have been trying to find a way to have something that's current. Mm. Um, you always want to like pay your respects or like incorporate something from the past into the present, but like having a sound that's current and unique to what's happening in our time and what's happening to you personally yeah. rather than just um you know i love going to see rock and roll bands but lots of time you know if i'm watching a psych band i'm like yeah this band's they're ripping yeah, it sounds yeah, yeah. like it sounds like 1969 or 1971 it's awesome you know like so for me it's been really important to try to um a lot of instrumentation i use it's like i want the listener to feel like it's something that could be out right now but if it's a fender Rhodes and a guitar and it's like or is this from 1973 you know i'm like i'm not totally sure but i i, I want i want i'm trying to get somewhere in the middle there you know i want it to sound mm -hmm. classic enough to where it sounds timeless but current enough to where people feel like it's fresh and, and happening right now that's awesome man so i guess for people you have a soundcloud page right where you're putting some stuff yeah i'm really bad with social media again <laughs> like we we'd said before we started yeah. it's like that's really not my forte and um even now it's it's been a learning process just trying to like people don't know you live with your own ideas and yourself so you just assume that like people know but yeah. nobody knows right. you know how would they know they're not going to know unless it's out there you know so but being i've never was really that guy like hey check me out check you know it's like it's not yeah it's not really my thing but yeah there's there's a there's a, a brian lee brown composer soundcloud page a dark brown soundcloud page and then i gotta get those websites up and running <laughs> and, <laughs> and make it more accessible um for people really just to find it because i know how i am like when i hear something you know or hit something on shazam i'll hear something i'll just hold my phone up and then i go look for start it start digging you know yeah i start looking for it if i can't find it in the first couple minutes you know i've got like the brain of a squirrel i'm just like <laughs> on to the next net I'm like oh well, there's one over there i'll go over there yeah. and look at that one you know yeah awesome man but uh yeah well uh, thank you so much for taking the time brian it was like i said man it was, it was so serendipitous that we got connected because I literally was like, there has to be someone out there who who, who did music for this. And yeah, uh, it's great. It sounds like it's a, a classic bookend to the way the whole thing started to begin with. Yeah. Literally, like walking into a coffee shop and being like, yeah, you should, you know, send some music over here and we'll see how it works. <laughs> but, well, it's exciting to hear that there's gonna be a release for the soundtrack. I'm, I'm curious to see what what uh, tracks and cues you come up with. But um, for anyone obviously interested. Go check out the website. Go check out the SoundCloud, and um, yeah, you'll be. I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll after our conversation here. I'll, <laughs> I'll make sure I do my part to make sure everyone knows where to find it. So cool. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate your time. Great. Thanks, Michael. Thank you so much.